Merkel Media. You think that I'm running in place? Y'all really testing my patience. Right before I blow up the spot, I had to get back to the basics. What if my talent is wasted? You see what I'm lacking to place me? Since I rap in the basement But my come up is legend, is greatness I don't care now, it's pedal to the metal I can never quit now, I will never settle Puppet to the game, I'm pulling strings like to pedal We in the same game, but I'm on a different level I passed it, gotta keep grinding till I'm laid up in the casket No fake round, me, you feeling too plastic Yeah, y'all feeling too plastic They say my style crazy, but then it's straight jacket Whoa. Why you still testing my patience? Trying to turn me into something I ain't trying to be All the haters in heavy rotation You gon' lose yourself, quit testing me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind Cause I'm looking like Wesley, test me Don't make me lose my mind Don't make me lose my mind All right, Doc Rivers is on right now. Let's listen to this real quick. He was at 36, which is good. Uh, I just didn't, I hated, the, you know, last night he played those minutes in a row, I think the last 15 minutes, and I don't think that's healthy for anybody. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to ask you. Wasn't that your decision? Last night, tonight. No, we have four days off. You know, and I told him we have four days of practice and they almost died. So uh, we'll have tomorrow off. We have three days. This is, um, we're really looking forward to this stretch. Like if we can get these two wins and then have some days of practice, you know, we still got to really work on our guard core, you know, figure out our rotations without James out there and, and who do we play. Um, but this will be a good week for us. No, because tonight it didn't come early. You know, last night, if you wanted me to pick tonight, I thought last night you thought a 50-point, 60-point game was last night because he started out the game rolling. I mean, tonight he had five turnovers at halftime. You know, we were the, the reason they were scoring because they got offensive rebounds uh, and turnovers. And then the second half, they didn't get any offensive rebounds or as many, and and we didn't. He had zero turnovers, and so um, he just got on a roll. We fell on a set that they were really, you know, struggling guard, and we stayed on it. Um, and you know, he delivered. You mentioned the uh, wanting to get these wins going into the stretch, the way he played last. Embiid had twenty four at halftime. By the way. Doc just said he wasn't on a roll. He had 24 points at halftime. We're not panicked, but we want to win games. You know, we just do. And, you know, we had a lot of injuries and stuff going on. And it's nothing better than finding ways to win through all that. And and that's what we're doing. What went into the decision to start with Tease again? Defense. Yeah, just thought he had a good flow. And honestly, having James out um, and then Ferks out, uh, we need two ball handling guards on the floor at the same time. So, uh, having, um, you know, shake and, and melt on the floor at the same time when Max is off the floor. Um, if, if Ferk had been healthy, we may have gone with melt to start the game, but, uh, right now we're running out of guards and especially <laughs> guards that can run the team. So. That was a decision. How would you evaluate just the backup center um, positions tonight? It's just it's going to be in flux all year, guys. I don't think either one uh, is. He's already mad. That happens, but right now, uh, you you try to ride the um, the hot hand, you know, or if one guy is struggling, you go with the other guy. Paul's had a two or three tough games in a row, and um, you know, Trez came in, and one thing he can do is run the team. You know, as far as running the delay stuff, we got a couple actions out of that. Um, but it'll be that way all year. Uh, though I'm fine if it's not. That would mean one of the two guys have just taken that position, and neither one has done that yet. I agree with most of that. You know, we're getting them in the middle of the floor, moved them over a little bit. You know, we were starting on the elbow, did a lot of elbow. Then we put them on the nail more. And you can see from both sides. And, you know, our spacing has been really good. So he knows. With Joe, I think it's really important that he knows the answers. Like, if they come here, this is where you go. If they come from here, this is where you go. Uh, it makes him a more efficient passer. And he sees them. 
Yeah. You, you mentioned you know, calling you know the same set over and over. For yeah. Do you, do you think it was a concerted effort of you guys getting the ball, or were there times where it just found them as well? Like, oh, I think uh, when a guy is hot like Joe, it, it was finding them. We did run the same set a ton, uh, but we also want to play through them. You know, um, because and I'm gonna because of the lack of like point guard play, and you know the biggest adjustments we've made these last two games, and I think it's helped Maxi more than anybody, is just getting him off the ball. You know, coming down and be able to get rid of the ball and move and cut and come back to the ball instead of just dribbling, it gives him more energy. I think he shoots the ball better, um, and our best player. And now over to DJ Eastwood. Yeah, Doc, did uh did Joel Embiid save your job tonight? <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to hear what Doc had to say after that insane Joel Embiid performance. <clears throat> hey, thank you all for being here. This is Run It Back Philly. No frauds, no fanboys, no intros. You know the drill, man. Uh, hit the like button on the stream. That would be greatly appreciated. That helps this content uh, do well in the YouTube algorithm. Uh, and that helps the channel grow. The like button is everything. Please hit the like button. Uh, subscribe if you're brand new. Subscribe if you're not subscribed. 30% of people that watch these shows are not subscribed. That is fraudulent behavior, and this is the No Fraud Zone. And hit the notification bell if your notifications aren't working. Turn them off. Turn it back on because YouTube notifications are weird. And my cat's scratching at the door. For what? For what? Why? Why are you like this? Why? Why do I have so many animals, dude? Why? What reason? Shut up! I'll put you outside! Anyway, uh, before we get into everything, I want to let you guys know, please go over to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and uh, leave a five-star review and subscribe over there on Apple Podcasts. Uh, my friend Tony Merkel at Merkel Media uh, put me under his media company on the uh, podcast platforms, and he mastered the audio of these shows, and it is incredible what it sounds like over there. So if you want to listen to this while you mow the lawn, if you listen to these while you're driving, you can do it a little safer now because you can you can just listen to the audio. There's no there's no uh uh you're not you're not uh uh you know inclined or what's the word I'm looking for to look at the screen while you're driving. Anyway, go over to the podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever else, get running back Philly over there and please subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, if you have Apple Podcasts. Uh, there will be a play breakdown on the Patreon tomorrow, patreon.com slash philly. if you want the play breakdown, which is probably going to be just how ridiculous Joel Embiid was in his game. Um, but there were some other things that I saw that I might want to throw in there. So go over to patreon.com slash philly and click the link in the description, get the merch, get the Fire Glenn t-shirt. Yeah, Joel Embiid saved his job tonight, but it is still Fire Glenn season because we all know this team is going absolutely nowhere with Glenn Rivers. I thought it was fun to start the show by listening to uh, Doc Rivers' post-game press conference, uh, and I might start all of my post-games like that just, just for fun, just for a little just for a little five-minute intro of him talking nonsense. Uh, he said Joel wasn't on a roll to start this game. Joel had 24 points in the first half. I mean, he was on pace for 48. Yeah, he went for 59, but he was definitely on a roll to start the game. He did have five turnovers in the first half, but, you know, Doc Rivers says funny things, man. Uh, Doc Rivers also said that he doesn't like the fact that Joel Embiid played 40 minutes last night and played a lot of minutes tonight, uh, and he is the coach at the end of the day. He is the coach, uh, so it's funny. It's just some of the things that he says, man, are 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 wild. How many minutes did Embiid play in this game? He played 36 tonight. Played 40 last night and 36 tonight. So, yeah, I think Joel Embiid will probably rest uh, for about uh, when's the next game. I didn't even look at the schedule, but, you know, hopefully he gets some rest. He looked tired out there. He definitely looked worn down. Um, and I guess I'll just get this out the way, you know. I don't think it's good that Joel Embiid has to do these kinds of things uh, for this team to be able to win a game. You know, if Joel went for 60 and they won by 20, that, that feels safer to me. But the fact that it was a close game the whole way, the fact that he had to do this, you understand what I'm saying? The fact that he couldn't get go sit on the bench 
with 45 points in a victory. The fact that he had to come back out onto the floor because this team could not survive without him on the floor. Just a little bit a little bit worrisome for me. Um, I thought it was funny. Speaking of that, I thought it was funny that, you know, Doc Rivers played Paul Reed in this game. He played Montrez Harrell in this game. Montrez Harrell was having a great game, giving a lot of energy, grabbing offensive rebounds, running the floor, had a block uh, that I remember seeing. Um, some dunks tried to rip the rim off, screaming, feeding off the crowd. And then late in that fourth quarter, when he takes him beat out of the game to give him a breather, does he put Paul Reed in there? Does he put Montrez Harrell in there? No. He goes with P.J. Tucker at center and the Utah Jazz going on an immediate run, which which included two offensive rebounds for the Utah Jazz in about 30 seconds, and then he puts Embiid right back in the game because it almost got out of hand. I don't know what his obsession is with randomly going small ball in, in crunch time when you need defense and rebounding, but he did it again. It almost killed us, but he put Embiid back in the game quick enough, and Embiid put the whole damn game on his shoulders. So I thought that was a little bit crazy. Now look, Joel Embiid just played maybe the best game I've ever seen, not just him, but an NBA center play with my own two eyes. I know Shaq's had 60-point games in his career, uh, but what Joel Embiid did in this game was absolutely unbelievable. What Joel Embiid did in this game was absolutely unbelievable. We know he can score. It's the other things while scoring those points that 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 is just so rare. And it when you really look at it, you, you say to yourself, how is this possible? How is this even possible for an NBA player to do this many things over the course of a game? How is it even possible? You know, 19 for 28, uh, 20, 20 of 24 at the free throw line, 59 points. We know that's possible for Joel Embiid. But any other scoring center, which also is just a rare thing in general, uh, just for instance, if Carl Anthony Towns randomly had a 59-point game, I think he's capable of that. If he has a hot shooting night and he's getting the ball enough. But he wouldn't have the other stats that Joel Embiid puts up. The fact that he was absolutely dominating offensively, bullying not just Kelly Olenek, who looks like he drinks a bush light for breakfast, but every single player that stepped to him on the Utah Jazz when he really got it going, he was bullying the entire team. And for him to do that and then also guard the rim on the other end simultaneously is fucking unreal. It's just not okay. It's not normal. What he can do when he's feeling at his best is once-in-a-lifetime talent. Once-in-a-lifetime talent. We called him generational talent before. We watched a run last year when he went on that run last year where he had more 40 and 10 games than any sixer in history. He had more 42 and 10 games than any NBA player over the course of those games. He, he just crushed so many records in that run and he started this season slow and then he had the flu or whatever sickness he had. And now he's back. He looks like he's in shape and he's right back to where he was last year. And it's not a generational talent anymore. We're not saying that anymore. This is a once in a lifetime talent. This is a one time, one time, once in a lifetime talent. I'm talking Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Wilt Chamberlain, Magic Johnson, Joel Embiid. I know he doesn't have a ring, but I'm just talking just based off of skill and everything else he does on the floor simultaneously at his size. He is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. And I know people are going to come at me for putting him in that category with those other legendary players, but I don't care. This guy is a once-in-a-lifetime talent. For Joel Embiid to drop 59 points in a basketball game, on an array of shots, on an array of, of of just, I mean, he started this game 
staring at Kelly Olenek like Kelly Olenek stole his girlfriend in high school. That's how much he hated Kelly Olenek from the time the ball was tipped. This is not friendly. This is not, I'm just an NBA player and the guys on the other team are NBA players and we're all friends. This is warrior mentality. This is, as soon as the ball is tipped, everybody on that other team is my enemy. And I hate their guts and I want to pound them into the floor. That's exactly, Joel Embiid had such a killer instinct last night and tonight. And I just loved every second of it. From the time he touched the ball and looked at Kelly Olenek, he said to himself, I'm going to murder this man. I'm going to kill this guy on a basketball court. He can't stop me. I'm going to destroy his career. I mean, this was this was Eminem Machine Gun Kelly level of, of, of destroying. This was just, I'm going to ruin you. It, it was it was funny, actually. I, Joel looked at Kelly Olenek when this game first started, and a couple of possessions go by, and it really looked like Joel Embiid was angry that Kelly Olenek would even put on a jersey and step on the floor and try to guard him. That's how he was looking at Kelly Olenek in this game right off the jump. And he absolutely bullied him the entire game. The entire game. I mean, Kelly Olenek rode his skateboard down to the arena and got bullied for 30 for 36 minutes and 41 seconds and then probably Ubered home because He's sad and tired. <laughs> Doesn't he look like he rides a skateboard to the arena or a surfboard? I guess if he could. Uh, but Joel Embiid just 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 bullied that dude and and anybody else that stepped up. I mean, the fourth quarter they started doubling him. They were trying to ruin his run. He was going for sixty. Uh, he was just absolutely unstoppable. And in the fourth quarter, he had fifty-seven. And he tried to pull a a turnaround fadeaway from 25 feet out to give him 60. It hit the back of the rim. I swear to God, if he hit that turnaround fadeaway on double coverage from 25 feet to get 60 points, I would have body slammed my cat in excitement, who I almost body slammed when the stream first started. I, I just, Joel Embiid's out of his mind right now. Absolutely out of his mind, and we are witnessing a once-in-a-lifetime talent. But to do all of that, this is the craziest thing about this guy, and this is why he's a lifetime talent. To do all of that and pull down 11 rebounds, 8 assists, and 7 blocks is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I mean, he in this game specifically, he was trotting in Wilt Chamberlain territory. You know that stat line they always post on Twitter that's like 53 points, 24 rebounds, 16 assists, 17 blocks. He was trotting in Wilt Chamberlain territory in this game. Wilt had games that were, you know, if you put Joel Embiid against a bunch of 5'10 guys in 1960, what would he do? But it was unbelievable to watch him do what he was doing on the offensive end and then to continuously come down the other side of the floor and block shots at the rim. It was insane. I don't know why the Utah Jazz kept trying to take him to the rim one-on-one. His effort was just on another level in this game. His effort was on another planet. I mean, there was a play where he goes for a chase down block and lands on the back of dude's neck. I don't even know if that was Malik Beasley or who that was. Straight put his nuts on the back of the dude's head. You're all my sons. He had a different level of energy in this game. He had a different killer instinct, man. Different. He wanted a piece of every single play. Every single time somebody came in the paint, he wanted to get that block. Every single time somebody came in the paint, he wanted to swat that thing into the sixth row every single time. I'm going to kill every animal in this house. Every single one. Anyway, that that's that's my take on Joel Embiid in this game. It was it was insane. He owned Kelly Olenek. 
He owned anybody else that tried to step up. Uh, Laurie Markin tried to step up sometimes. They tried to double him with Jordan Clarkson and, and, and Kyle and Sexton. I mean, what are we really doing here? He was completely unstoppable. He's the only player in NBA history with consecutive 40-point, 10-rebound, 5-assist games. The only player in NBA history with or is that five blocks? I think that's five blocks. Did he have five blocks yesterday? I don't remember. And he just scored the most points in a 76ers uniform since Allen Iverson in 2005. So there's my Joel Embiid rant. 59 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, a steal, and 7 blocks. Absolutely ridiculous and a plus 25 on the plus minus. Uh, obviously, way higher than anybody else on either team. Um, he actually almost doubled everybody else's plus minus, besides Matisse Thibel, who was a plus 18. Ridiculous performance from Joel Embiid. Historic performance from Joel Embiid. And he's back to MVP form. I just raised the question. Is the fact that Joel Embiid has to do this for the 76ers to have a fighting chance against the Utah Jazz a bad thing? A red flag. And the Utah Jazz were 10-4 and four coming into this game. That's a good team. They play good team defense. Laurie Markin is nice. They got a lot of three-point shooters. They move the ball. But is Joel Embiid needing to come back into this game after having 48-10, and 52-10, and 10, whatever it was when he came back in, is him needing to come back into this game for them to have a fighting chance, a red flag? Yes or no? I just, I'm just throwing that out there. Carlos Rosado, thanks for the super chat. <clears throat> Salute. Two words. Joel and Beast. Thank you for supporting the channel. As always, my friends. Um, Tyrese Maxey in this game, I thought, uh, played a better game than, he, than he's had the past couple. I mean, last night I thought was the best game of Tyrese Maxey's career because he was he was handling the ball and facilitating running the game from the top of the key and really playing like a point guard uh, on a different level and he had nine assists last night. Um, I thought he started this game out good. I thought he was effective. Uh, I thought he was getting to his spots. I thought he was trying to do the same thing that you know he did last night. Um, but I just think that once Embiid got rolling, everybody else kind of got on the same page and they were like, hey, it's time to give the ball to Joel Embiid and move the hell out the way. At one point in the fourth quarter, he had 20 of the Sixers, 22 points. So, you know, you see Maxie had 18 and people just watched the box score, probably going to think Maxie didn't have a great game. Not the case. When Joel was on that run, it was give the ball to Joel and get the hell out of the way. He had 20 points. At one point in the fourth quarter, he had 20 of the Sixers, 22 points. Maxi was 8 for 24, not a good shooting night. 33% from the floor, 2 for 8 from 3 uh, for 25%. 3 assists, 4 steals. Um, Doc again goes with Matisse Thibel in the starting lineup. I'm I'm thinking like is this you know obviously it's 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 odd that they talked about all the things that he did in the off season and and how hard he worked in the off season and then he couldn't get off the bench for five games and now he's a starter uh, with James Harden out but is this going to continue you know uh, he gave you two points in 27 minutes and I'm not saying that Matisse Thibel needs to score, especially in a game where Joel's dropping 60. But I just wonder if Doc's going to be consistent with his minutes because you can see right off the bat how different the game is when Matisse Thibel's on the floor. And like I said yesterday, like I said about yesterday's game, you know, when he hit that corner three 
you know, the minute and 30 seconds left in, in basically crunch time, you know, when, uh, when Atlanta started to make that run, Matisse hit that three and it was big time. It was big time three. And I was really happy to see Matisse hit that three. Uh, you know, is Doc going to give him the opportunity to play this much consistently to where he he shows whether or not he's added that offensive uh, side to his game? We'll have to wait and see. Matisse Thibel had five steals in this game. His career high is six. Uh, he had five steals in the game. Tyrese Maxey had four steals in the game. Um. I did think Doc's fourth quarter lineup was odd when he went with P.J. Tucker at center. Uh, he took De'Anthony Melton out of the game, who I thought was playing a great game. Um, De'Anthony Melton had six points, but he was three for five from the floor. Uh, he had six rebounds, two assists, and a block. But, you know, De'Anthony Melton's always one of those players that, that it's not it's not necessarily going to show up in the box score what he does every night. Um He's just a dog, man. And if you guys watch this game, I know you know what play I'm talking about when I say this, man. In the fourth quarter, there was a play that DeAnthony Melton kept alive that was just, there's no reason for a six foot two guard to be able to make this play in the NBA. I mean, he went from outside the top of the key at the three-point line to securing an offensive rebound over about three opposing players at six foot two. The fight and the hustle that's inside that kid is wild. It's really wild. Um, look at the. What, what do we get from Daniel House? In 16 minutes and 45 seconds, you get one point from Daniel House. Uh, I guess we got a question right now. Why is Daniel House playing? What is Daniel House really giving you in 16 minutes off the bench? In 16 minutes off the bench, what is Daniel House really giving you, man? One assist, one rebound, and one point off the bench. We didn't get a whole lot of bench scoring in this game. 10, 15, 17, 18 points off the bench. The Jazz had 18 points off the bench with five minutes left in the second quarter. That's how much their bench was scoring on us to start this game. Um, but actually their bench almost outscored their starters, you know, when you look at it, Malik Beasley led them with 18. Laurie Markin has started the game hot. He only finished with 15. He had eight to, in, in the first couple minutes of the game. He had two threes and a layup. Um, I thought he was going to have a great game and we stepped up. We locked it down. We started playing, you know, stronger defense and sealing him in the paint and block, boxing him out on the boards. And, um, so I thought we stepped up and, and did a good job of slowing down Laurie Markkinen after he had a hot start. Kelly Olenek, man, I just feel bad for that dude. I mean, he just went out there and got absolutely bullied by Joel Embiid the entire night. <laughs> it wasn't even fair. Uh, Devin G, man, thank you for the super chat. If If what I calculated was correct, then Joel just had the fourth greatest single game performance in NBA history. According to game score stat, that's pretty. That's pretty insane. That's pretty insane, and I believe that. I'm telling you, it's not just the scoring that he put up, uh, but it's the fact that you know the rebounds, the assists, and seven blocks. I mean, it was crazy. He was just giving it everything he had. He looked tired. He looked worn out. Had his hands on his knees, but he just kept going and going and going. And then he tries to shoot a turnaround 25-footer to get 60, and I swear I was about to go nuts, man. I was about to go crazy. 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 So the Jazz started uh, hot in the first quarter. Um, I think we were down by about 15 in the first quarter, and I thought, yeah, this 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 team's going to run away with this, man. This... This Jazz team is seriously overperforming for what they were supposed to be, uh, but they're sharing the ball. They're shooting the ball well. They have the most three-pointers made in the entire NBA right now. Uh, they have, the, I believe, the highest three-point percentage in the NBA right now. Uh, they score 118 points per game. 
This is a good Jazz team so far this NBA season. And I just thought they were going to run away with it. And, I mean, there's not much else to say about this game. Joel Embiid single-handedly stopped it from happening and, and, and won this game. Like, there's not much else to say about the other players on the team. Joel Embiid, it was Joel Embiid versus the Utah Jazz. That's what it was. That's what it was. Tobias Harris in 31 minutes, eight points. Six rebounds is better than, than what he did last night. Uh, so, you know, at least we got that effort from him. Four for 12 from the floor. Um, Maxi put up 24 shots and I like that. I like that. I like that confidence. I like the fact that even with Embiid being hot, even with, you know, Embiid being out there, you know, no James Harden. So Maxi knows that he has to step up and be that, that perimeter guard that gives Joel Embiid the help that he needs. Uh, so the fact that he put up 24 shot attempts, I like that a lot. I like that confidence. I like that volume. Uh, he had some runs. He had some runs in the third quarter uh, where, you know, he really put the team on his back and had some streaks all by himself. Uh, so I'm happy with what Tyrese Maxey did also. I thought Shake Milton uh, played a good game and not much showed up on the on the box score here, but uh, he had two assists and one, one assist was a crazy no-look pass to um, George Niang in the corner and Niang missed the shot, but Great pass by Shake Milton. Uh, you know, eleven minutes in the game. Would love to see him continue. Uh, you know, to get comfortable and continue to uh, you know, get up to NBA speed and really look like he's confident out there. Maybe he becomes a part of the rotation more. Don't know. He has his moments. I don't know why suddenly he shoots the ball like a Markel Fultz, but you know, George Niang was two for five, five points off the bench. Uh, you know, not much to say about that. He's he's George Niang. It's what he does. I like the fact that he's not playing 30 plus minutes like he was a couple of games ago. You know, that's what Niang is. Minivan, but also microwave. You know, you bring him in, he shoots some threes. He might make some of them. He might make a lot of them. He might miss all of them. That's what kind of player George Niang is. You can't leave him out there for 30 minutes. You definitely can't play him at the five at the end of a third quarter, Doc like he did against the Atlanta Hawks two games ago. Actually, last night, when we were up by 27 points and almost lost the game, I said to myself, and I tweeted uh, before the game, you know, I'd like to see Montrez Harrell um, get back into the swing of things. I'd like to see Montrez Harrell kind of earn his way back into the, this rotation at the backup center. Uh, you know I love me some Paul Reed. I love the energy he brings. I love the defense that he plays. Uh, but I love what Montrez Harrell can do offensively. I love his offensive rebounding ability. I love his hustle and his fight. And so, you know, it was cool uh, to see Montrez Harrell get back in the game and do some positive things on the floor. Um, and Doc said that in the press conference, that that's going to be all season. They're going to rotate them at the backup center position. So we'll see what happens moving forward. But it was cool to see Montrez Harrell get back out there and do some positive things on the floor with the minutes he was given at the backup center position. Um, and Furkan Korkmaz did not play tonight with an injury slash illness. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the first quarter, Kelly Olenek went under Joel Embiid's foot and Joel sprained his ankle. On the on the jump shot and and I don't think they called it a flagrant foul, and I thought by the rule by by today's NBA rule that was a flagrant foul. He closed out on a shooter, and he slid under his feet. And Joel could have gotten seriously hurt on that play. You're sliding under the feet of a seven foot two, two hundred eighty pound person. Those ankles, first of all, are screaming for help just walking down the street, let alone landing on your big dumb foot, Kelly Olenek. So close out on the shooter and slide to the side. How about that? But I thought that should have been a flagrant foul. But I don't think they called it a flagrant foul. Um, the second quarter, Horton Tucker and Beasley were killing us, and 
I never really watched Horton Tucker play basketball before. I don't think I ever really saw him. I, I never really tuned into a Lakers game when Horton Tucker was playing. Uh, I just want to say this. He looks like the oldest person on the court. I mean, the dude's the dude's balding. Uh, just just his 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 body like composition on the NBA floor with everybody else is funny to me. He looks like somebody's uncle out there. <laughs> he looks like somebody's uncle at a at a barbecue. You know what I mean? Just got done flipping the burgers and like ran over to the court real quick to show the youngins how it's done. And then I Google. I was like, how old is this dude? He's twenty one years old. Is that right, or did I Google the wrong guy? Anyway, I thought that was funny. I think he's a funny player to watch. Uh, he's a bucket, though, you know, when he gets hot. Um, Embiid uh, was guarding Sexton out at the three-point line at one point. Just insane. Just insane for him to be doing everything he did in this game and, and be also giving that kind of effort defensively. Uh, but, yeah, it does, does, it does make me worry that, you know, you... <laughs> Is his team championship level? Eh. I don't think Joel Embiid can can do this on a nightly basis. I don't think Joel Embiid can lead you to a championship by giving you 60-point triple-doubles every night. You know? So you need more. You're going to need more. You're going to need more. But this was a great game. And, you know, historic game for Joel Embiid and a whole hell of a lot of fun to watch. Uh... What else we got? He had 24-4 at halftime. Uh, Maxie had 13-2 at halftime. The Sixers were shooting 18% from three at halftime. That was one of our major issues. Um, in the third quarter, Matisse Thibel had a steal and a nice uh, alley-oop to Tobias Harris on a fast break. And I didn't really take many other notes in the fourth quarter. Just Embiid, 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 Embiid. I did jot down the fact that Doc Rivers played P.J. Tucker at center. In the fourth quarter, and the Jazz went on an immediate run. Um, but yeah, what, what, what else is there to say about this game? It was the Joel Embiid show. That's what it was. It was the Joel Embiid show. Um, not going to lie to you guys. It is Sunday. My weekends are still crazy. I am extremely tired. Um, you know, I drank coffee just to be able to watch this game. Not gonna lie to you. So I'll I'll hang out and uh read the chat. If you want to throw some hot takes out there, throw some questions, throw some comments. Um I'll hang out and read the chat. Ratchy Boy TV, not championship caliber. I completely agree with that. Um, you know, I, I love what Embiid did in this game. I love what Joel Embiid's capable of, but we've seen this before. We haven't seen this performance before, but we've seen him do this before. And, you know, you, you want you want uh you want a more balanced attack moving forward throughout the season. You don't want Joel Embiid to be playing forty minutes every night just so you can barely squeak past the Utah Jazz. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to be negative about a historic performance. Just my outlook of the team overall is that they don't have enough um, in general. And I'm still at the point where I don't know if I do I want them to win or do I want them to keep losing and get Doc Rivers fired because I don't think anybody believes that you're winning a championship with Doc Rivers. And the Cowboys lost tonight. They were up by 14 on the Green Bay Packers and they choked it away. Because that's what the Cowboys do. So we get two great things in one night. And in the arena, they played the game-winning field goal uh, on the TV, and then they zoomed in on a Cowboys fan, and the whole arena booed him. So that was great. Uh, why Melton grabbing more rebounds than Montrez? Because DeAnthony Melton's a dog. The kid is a rebound machine. He's six foot two, and he averages. Seven rebounds per 36 minutes. Averages. Jacob Pirtle for the Bassey Revenge Therapy. Plus the Spurs want picks and tradable assets. What are we talking about? 
What are we talking about in the chat? Incredible performance, but yeah, he's not going to do this every night, and I don't think it is healthy for him and for the team for the offense to be the Joel Embiid show. Exactly. I understand with James Harden out. I understand with you know Joel looking at Kelly Olenek like he wants to rip his heart out of his chest. Uh, I understand the killer instinct that Joel Embiid had in this game. I loved every second of it. Uh, but yeah, the Sixers are going to need more as a balance uh, if they want to compete with the best teams in the East. Um, they're going to need more from everybody else. They're, they're going to need Embiid to be around 30 minutes a game. You know what I mean? Like That's what I thought coming into this season. I thought, hey, let, let's just load manage Embiid during the regular season. Let's get him 100% healthy for the playoffs and go try to win a championship. I didn't think Joel would be playing 75 minutes in two games back-to-back. I just didn't think that, you know, I thought he would be load managed a little better, but let's be honest, the past two, three games, if Joel Embiid didn't play, we didn't have a chance in hell at all, at all. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't think this is, this isn't something you can sustain and I don't know, man, I don't know what to think about this team, man. I don't know what to think about this team. I love the performance from Joel, but obviously he can't do that every night. And as soon as he sat down, the Jazz went on a run. And that's going to happen time and time and time and time again. It's just going to continue to happen. Rasan says, let's get KD. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and do this, shall we? NBA Central puts out a tweet today. That says the Philadelphia 76ers are interested in trading for Kevin Durant. How many times are we going to do this, man? How many times are we going to do this? It's Kevin Durant. Every team is interested in trading for Kevin Durant all the time. That's not breaking news. That doesn't make sense. Breaking. DJ Eastwood is interested in hitting the lottery. Wow. I got to send this around to everyone. Did you guys hear DJ Eastwood's interested in hitting the lottery? Wow. Is he going to hit the lottery? Probably not. But he's interested in hitting the lottery. I don't know why we're talking about a Kevin Durant trade again. We did this all offseason. He's under contract for four years to the Brooklyn Nets. Do we do we have do we have do we have enough to swing a Kevin Durant trade? Absolutely not. We don't have any draft picks. Who are we going to trade for Kevin Durant? Matisse Thibel, Tobias Harris, and Tyrese Maxey. You think that's getting a, a, a Kevin Durant trade? I think the Kevin Durant stuff needs needs to end. Uh, obviously, 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 obviously. If you somehow, some way could trade for Kevin Durant with Joel Embiid, barring injury, staying healthy with Joel Embiid staying healthy. We know how I don't want to say I don't like to say injury prone because they're not like recurring injuries. They're just weird freak things. Torn ligament in the thumb gets elbowed in the face. Uh, partially torn meniscus the year before, broke his foot in college. There's all kinds of different things. It always seems to be something. But I'm saying, Joel remains healthy, and you get Kevin Durant, obviously. You're a championship contender. Then it doesn't matter if my dog's coaching the team. You're, you have a chance to win a ring. So then Doc Rivers could go get a second ring, and then he could put himself on Greg Popovich's level if he thinks he's up there. And we'd be happy to let him in his little self-righteous, narcissistic world. We'd be happy to let him think that. But I don't want Kevin Durant. I don't want Kevin Durant. And I will never want Kevin Durant. 
And it's because I don't like him. It is. I'm a hater. I'm a Kevin Durant hater. I've been a Kevin Durant hater for for a long time. Uh, and when I say I don't want Kevin Durant, people tell me you, you put too much emotion into this stuff. You can't think with with your heart when you're talking about something like this. You just got to make that trade and go and go win. I don't think I would enjoy rooting for Kevin Durant. I think that would feel like I was running a race and somebody picked me up and carried me the last hundred feet and I won. Would that feel like I really won? Uh, we got Kevin Durant. I don't know, man. I can't, I can't picture myself rooting for Kevin Durant, man. I can't picture myself rooting for Kevin Durant. After he was in OKC, couldn't make it work with Westbrook, blew a 3-1 lead to the Golden State Warriors, and then instead of going and trying to regroup and take down that team like real warriors do, like real, real, real competitive spirit individuals do, he went and joined that team that just beat him. You ever playing at a park and there's a, there's a squad of four or five? We played fours at my park because it was kind of a smaller court, but there's a squad of the other, there's a squad that's running everybody off the court. And you had two or three games where your squad came within, man, came within one bucket. Would you want to and and then one of the players from that team has to leave and they say, hey, we need one. Would you want to go join the team that was just running everybody off the floor? No, you would want to try again to take them down because that's what competitors do. Not weasels who want the easy way out. So Kevin Durant takes the easy way out, joins the best team of all time walks to a championship ring, gives a weird speech about how nobody believed in them. That's not even true. Everybody stopped watching the NBA because they knew who was winning. Then he can't get along with Draymond Green. He leaves in free agency. Then he's so stuck in his own mind because he knows deep down that his ring doesn't count. that he gets caught going on Twitter with burner accounts defending himself. I mean, you're talking about a multi-million dollar human being who, when he's having a rough day, could go take a Ferrari to a strip club. Instead, he's sitting in his house making fake Twitter accounts. That's a certified weirdo. Then he joins the, the Nets. The Kyrie debacle happens. James Harden leaves. Kevin Durant requests a trade before his four-year contract is even initiated. The guy's got something wrong up there, man. He's one of the best NBA talents I've ever seen. But I just would not feel right rooting for Kevin Durant in a 76ers uniform. There's my Kevin Durant rant. I'm going to clip this out and title it, Once Again, I Don't Want Kevin Durant. I would rather try and try and try and try and never win than for Kevin Durant to be in a Philadelphia 76ers uniform. And that is 100% haterade, and I don't care. (laughs) He's a changed man. (laughs) Give him a chance. I'm just being honest. I can't. I don't want Kevin Durant for, to play for my team, man. I don't want Kevin Durant to play for my team, bro. That's just how I feel about it. But hey, listen. Love you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out with me. Uh, go over to Apple Podcasts. Get the get the get the get the show on the, any podcast platform. Get the show on. Um, but. Do me a huge favor and go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating, a review, and subscribe. And subscribe to this channel if you're brand new. Tell your friends about it. Tell your mom. Tell your grandma. Get everybody on the Run It Back Philly train. All right? There's going to be a play breakdown on the Patreon tomorrow, patreon.com slash Philly. And yeah, it's 
been a long weekend. I'm going to sleep. We will do call-ins on the next one. I apologize to anybody that wanted to call in, man. I'm only human, bro. (laughs) One day I'll be doing this full-time, and I won't be getting home at 4.30 in the morning uh, on a Saturday after DJing a party and then, you know, have to get up. Go pick up. Let me tell you something about my personal life now. While while, you know, at the end of this show, just because. Okay, last uh, yesterday. Here's what I do on Saturdays. Here's why I'm so worn down on Sundays. I'm gonna let you guys know right now. I bartended from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. yesterday. I I left the I left the bar. I went to the gym. I did shoulders. I skipped legs because the gym closed at seven. But anyway, then I went and DJed a party until. Two o'clock in the morning, packed up the stuff, got back to my house, was in bed maybe at 3.30 (laughs) a.m., had to wake up this morning, go pick the kid up in Harrisburg, come back, hang out. No, I came back and did a live today, actually, recapping the, the Sixers game from last night and previewing the Jazz game tonight. Then I hung out, went out with my girl and the kid to a nice Mexican restaurant. It was beautiful. It's amazing. I love that place. Came right back here, watched another Sixers game, and did another post-game live. So I'm just throwing it out there. I'm tired of shit. Quit testing me. Don't make me lose my mind. Don't make me lose my mind. Test me, test me, test me.